0: Praise the Lord, everybody. Okay, let's try it again. Gloria Dios, first church. Praise the Lord. That nasty devil ain't messing us up. We're going to do this thing anyways in Jesus' name. I just want to give honor to our Pastor Torio staff, Pastor Hoffman, Pastor Mike. Pastor John, Pastor Draylen, you guys helped us all be really ready for this missions trip. Praise the Lord. Thank you guys so much. It is such an honor that I got to go with the young people, with Pastor Kento and Sister Bianca. I got to actually go and see the things that you guys poured into their lives in action. They really did a good job. God really blessed. Praise the Lord. We actually got to see people get healed. You know, we always hear people talk about, God will heal you. God's going to heal you. And then, you know what I'm saying? We don't actually, I've been around for a long time. And I can actually say I've ever seen somebody actually healed. I've seen people that I've prayed for live. And we say, hey, praise the Lord. But we actually seen two people, God actually healed them. We seen one guy come walking up with a cane. Pastor Kento prayed for my man. He started irking and jerking. And I was like, hey, hey, whoa. Whoa. Now all of a sudden, next thing I know, he's over there dancing. He's got his uh, cane on his finger. He's like dancing with his cane. Then there was another lady. It's the last Sunday. Pastor Kento called the people up. Which man is Pastor Kento the man or what? Oh, praise the Lord. We have such a good ministerial staff here. God has blessed us so much. we got Mama Bear, Sister Bianca. She done such a wonderful job. I mean, seriously, man. They've done such a wonderful job. It was so crazy. I would have been stressed if it was me. So thank God for Pastor Keno, Because they kept changing it and kept changing it and kept changing it. We started out with two services. One service, the next thing you know, there's nine. They were sending people everywhere and... It was it was it was special, but thank God for Pastor Gino, you, know. you know. But um, I just want to give thanks to my wife, who always uh, she can't go with me because of some issues she has, but she always encourages me, she prays for me, she takes care of me. So thank you, sweetie pie. We love you. And I just want to stop for a commercial break, real fast. To tell you what God has done. God keeps good books. You always hear Pastor Hoffman say that. Pastor Mike, Pastor John, they always tell you that. And I've been all these years, I've been going on missions trips, and I'm like, okay. While we are in Mexico, my grandson called. He's getting baptized today after service. I came back from this Mexico trip, and I got a new job that's better than anything I ever thought of. So all praises to God. He is glorious, holy, and true, and he is faithful. I'm not going to be long. They did give me a time limit, so we're good. But I just want to let you guys know your young people did an incredible job. The first service we went to, man, they went right in. They come out swinging. They started singing that first worship song, and I looked over, and one of the sisters started worshiping. And I literally, I was overwhelmed. I just, I started crying and it was just like, man, I don't know if we're going to have to go outside and worship or what. Because God's presence was so thick and so powerful. And they just done a great job. And it was just an honor for me to be with them. And then the last Sunday, we were there on the Sunday morning. Sister Bianca got up and t- said her testimony. Then during her testimony, I was given the opportunity to speak. God literally in my mind said, well, you're going to preach something different. I was like, ah, Oh, God. So I get up there and I was preaching about being weary and well-doing. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes people sow a lot of seeds and you don't see nothing happening. Sometimes you pray a lot and ain't nothing happening. Trying to win people, ain't nothing happening. So I get up there and preach the message about being weary and well-doing. I was telling them, you know, a city set on a hill, it can't be hidden. I was like, you can't hide. They see you. They just, because they're not coming yet. They're coming. I said, matter of fact, the darker this world gets the brighter your light's going to shine. And they're going to know where to go. So stay faithful. Don't get weary. Hang in there. We called everybody to the front. Pastor Canto did the word of faith. And we all prayed. And we all went and prayed, prayed around for everybody. And I was praying for the pastor and his wife. And, man, she was travail crying. I was like, man, okay. Go, Lord Jesus, Go. The next day, the presbyter of the area comes. He says, hey, I want to tell you guys what happened yesterday morning. I was like, oh, okay, what happened? He says, the pastors, they're not going to quit now. They're going to stay in their church. I was like, oh, Jesus. So praise the Lord, First Church. I just want you guys to know, God did amazing things. And I, must, I throw one hook in for Brother Joey, who now they changed his name to Peppy. So Brother jo- Joey is peppy from now on, even though Kirsten says she doesn't know peppy, but peppy, thank you First Church for your prayers, everybody that gave, everybody that donated, and thank you for encouraging the young people because they've done a wonderful job. We just clap our hands. God is the best.
1: Hola. <laughs> Um, Hey everyone, Um, as you know, I was one of the people who got to go on the mission trip this year and it is truly an experience I will never forget. Um, I saw so many people receive the Holy Ghost and be baptized. I saw a cane drop to the floor. I saw strangers open up their hearts to God. I saw people who truly worshiped like nobody was watching and I saw faces that I will never forget. One of the services that we actually went to Our whole group split up to go to multiple churches, and going to one service, it was me, Kirsten, and Brayden, and after church, my group went to our translator's church, which was also his house, and where he pastored, and we ate with his family and the people that went to his church, and they were some of the nicest people I have ever met, and the food was absolutely delicious. (laughs) The, sorry. <laughs> the pastor actually told a story about when they first started to build the church and um, that we were in. And it was actually one of the many churches that they've built across Mexico. And he said that when he felt called to move his family to that area, um, they started building. And they actually sold three of their own cars to build that uh, church. Um, and the pastor said that it rains pretty heavily where they live. Um, And one night he woke up to his wife crying, and his wife was saying, like, why are we here, you know, asking to leave. Um, The reason why she was saying this was actually because she woke up to their house being flooded um, because the roof hadn't been finished yet. And he said that it looked like a river was flowing underneath their bed. He told her that they needed to praise God for letting them start a church and to have this opportunity. So they actually started dancing and praising God in their flooded bedroom in the river and thanking him. This story opened up my life so much and it was told at such a perfect time because this is in the beginning of the trip and I was so stressed out about how everything was going because everything was like flipped around. And if you guys know anything about me, I'm a planner. So I like, you know, we would wake up in the morning and then have everything planned out, what services we would go to. And it was like we got to the lobby and it was all like just flipped over and scrambled. Uh, So it really stressed me out. But this story showed me that even if things don't necessarily go to plan or you wake up to a river in your bedroom to dance in it, you know, like praise God in the mess. Pastor always says that church isn't a place to go to, and it's a place to go from. And for a long time, I felt like I just kind of sat in the pew and did my own thing and you know, worked on myself. Um, but the whole time in Mexico, whether we were just driving around and I would see like, people pass by, or we would be shouting and dancing in a service or praying people through the Holy Ghost, the same thought would come into my mind, and it was, this is why we're here. Um, the first church service that we actually went to me and Kirsten started playing freeze tag outside in the rain with a bunch of kids that went there and I've never been more happy running (laughs) Um, it actually made me a little emotional because I've never felt so much love and joy for people who I didn't even know and who I couldn't really communicate with either the feeling of witnessing feels good singing in the street feels good (laughs) Um, I thought I was going to be really uncomfortable with it, but it feels absolutely amazing. Passing out flyers to strangers to come to church feels good. Um, praying for strangers feels, feels good. Praying for people to get the Holy Ghost and then they actually get it and you get to watch that feels great. And I know exactly why. And it's because we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Like, this is why we're here. God told us to go into the world and make disciples, to tell everybody about him. And after the trip, I am no longer just going to sit in a pew um, and never witness again. The love and joy that you get while witnessing is addicting. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody who prayed for us. It really protected us the whole trip and who helped financially. Um, This trip has changed my life for forever.
2: myself I wasn't gonna cry last service so let's hope Sarah keeps it together this time <laughs> um, but for those of you who don't know my name is Sarah whoo I'm loud and I'm one of the people who had the pleasure of going on the missions trip. Um, I want to first thank Kento and Bianca for allowing me to come on this trip with the youth and being such great leaders throughout the whole experience. They truly are one of the best youth leaders out there. Um, I know I wouldn't be able to lead all 17 of us through the airports, through places that we didn't know, and they just did it with grace and patience. So I thank you guys for that. Um, But prior to Mexico, I had many reservations on what the trip would actually look like and be like. I questioned if it would really impact me because, you know, you hear from other people who go on missions trip that it's truly life-changing. I questioned if I would be able to play a part And just a bunch of questions flooded through my mind, but I continued to stay excited, and I was determined to go on this trip, and I'm so glad I went. Going to Mexico was truly life-changing. God's presence overflowed throughout the entirety of the trip, and it started right at the beginning on the plane ride uh, so we had on our way to Mexico we had a flight to Georgia and it was our connecting flight to Mexico and I am um, one of the things I was really ringing through my mind throughout this whole trip is that God orders our steps there's a reason why we're here there's a reason why we're doing things um, so sitting on the airplane and there's this guy next to me and then this lady that was next to me and I don't remember if she was originally sitting there or not but nonetheless she was sitting there and she wasn't looking very well I look over her. I look over to her, and she almost looks like lethargic. Like she was coherent enough to like respond to us, but she was just very like slurring her words. Her eyes were rolling back, and she looked like she was having a lot of trouble. And her friend was really worried. So of course, they made the announcements. If there's any doctors or medical personnel on board, if they could please help the lady in row 13A or whatever it was. Um, and God couldn't have placed us in a better position, and he truly ordered our steps because the only people that were on board that was able to help her other than this medical student was Bianca and Safi, our nurse and paramedic. I believe if it hadn't been for God allowing us to be on that specific plane, the lady wouldn't have been able to get the help she needed to board safely off of the plane. One of the major prayers I prayed prior and during the trip was for God to use me. I wanted to have no regrets and no reservations when it came to this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I wanted to be completely used for God's purpose and his purpose alone. And that's exactly what happened. Right as we were flying over Mexico, I began to feel a weight come over me. At first, I just thought it was the pressure from the plane or I wasn't feeling too well. But as we descended and landed, it just grew to become more prevalent. I was still unsure of what it was, but I knew in my heart and in my spirit, I just felt unsteady. When we finally met the pastors in Mexico City, they told the group, all of us, what spirits the city and its people were fighting. And one of the more major ones were the spirits of violence, corruption, and homosexuality. And these all were very clearly present if you just took one look around your surroundings. I reached out to Talisha Gibbs during my trip because I was having a bit of a hard time in Mexico. With all these spirits weighing on me, I felt as if I was getting spiritually attacked and felt insecure in my purpose and in sharing my testimony. But Sister Talisha just reassured me that this feeling was my ability to be sensitive in the spirit and that I had discernment, especially in those areas that I have fought and overcome. I was reminded that Satan is only a roaring lion trying to intimidate us, and I knew that was not the time to back down. So the first service, I went all in, and everyone else on the team did as well. Um, it's, it was so amazing to see how the church services went and how God really overflowed throughout the whole experience. And the same God that's here worked in Mexico. One of the things that were kind of different was the way they worshipped in their worship set. So... Um, they would have, you know, the same chord progression, maybe a little bit different, but really the same melody, changed up the lyrics a little bit, but they were on fire for God for like two hours. They're down running down the aisles, jumping, dancing, and like everyone was just on fire. And it lasted for quite a long time. You know, I was like, okay, we're done. And they're like, no, another one. I was like, okay, yes. So then we're all like trying to stay within like I need a napkin whatever and at the end of it we were sweating I mean there was one service where I looked over to Safi because we were doing a worship set together and I thought someone poured a bucket of water on him he was just (laughs) pouring with sweat and I was like okay he needs a towel but (laughs) we were sweating red literally on fire for God and this was the norm for them Um, I thought it was just, you know, us Americans who were sweating and, like, not, like, you know, looking the greatest, but even members of the other church, even though they were, like, sweating and, like, really having, um, some people were having a hard time to, like, keep dancing, they still prevailed through it all because they knew that they had to give their everything to God. And when I looked out at everyone, all I could think of was how their worship was so pure. Uh, Sarah, keep it together. They were so desperate for just a touch or a glimpse of God in their lives that they were willing to give it their all. It brought tears to my eyes because it was just beautiful. That's the only word I could use to describe it. Seeing God's love overflow in this tiny little church with no AC. Even though they had the bare minimum or nothing at all, they gave everything they could to God, which is a lesson I took back with me. I think we tend to not appreciate what we have and take little things for granted. We are so privileged. Small things, like AC and heating. In Merida, the only form of AC they had were these fans, but it was like 97, 95 every single day, so the only thing the fans were doing was blowing even more hot air on us. (laughs) So it was rough, Um, but, but despite the temperature, all the people in the congregation would be jumping up and down, Doing the conga line down the aisles, just dancing all night long. Whereas here in America, I can recount on times where I've complained about it being too cold in the sanctuary. And that's the only thing I could think of. And another little thing is driving. So in Mexico City, we had a 15-passenger little bus van thing, um, but we were pushing 20 every single time. There was like bunches of us crowded in. Poor Caitlin Woodcox, she was my seat. I had to sit on her the whole time, and I God bless her heart, because I knew I was getting hot and I was probably getting heavy. The drives were about two hour long sometimes, so it was rough. But things like that, those little things that we take for granted, I know that being able to experience that in Mexico, I'll try to never complain again. Um, on the second night of Mexico, it was one of those services that really hit home for me and left an impact. Um, I was supposed to share my testimony, um, but in preparation for that, I didn't feel that my testimony would really affect anyone or be anything that someone could relate to. But I knew that there was power when telling your testimony, so I went ahead and shared my story. And again, our steps are truly ordered, because originally for that day, me, Hayden, and Brother Duane were supposed to go to an entirely different church. But at the very last second, like, everyone was leaving to go to their place. And me and Hayden were waiting for Brother Duane to come back. So we were, like, taking a nice little nap before. And then I get a call from Bianca, come down now. I was like, okay. So we're, like, rushing to get everything on. We're coming down. I was like, I thought we were supposed to go to the other church. She's like, no, you're going to this one now. So, again, steps are truly ordered. Because for the original plan for this particular day was for me to go to a different church. But because I went to this other church... I knew that my testimony really hit home for two girls. Um, These girls were struggling with something that happened to them in their past, and they were unable to forgive. And they found comfort and a sense of direction when they heard my testimony. All thanks to God. I talked to both of the ladies after the service ended, and they began to just pour out what they weren't able to say or express for years that they had kept hidden. And it was like a weight had finally shifted off of them and they could breathe. Because of my experience and my testimony, I was able to help them, and truly, at the end of it all, it was all God's will and work. I'm glad to share, actually, that we have started a new chapter for FC Heart in Mexico. Mexico and its people have forever left an impact on me. They will always hold a special place in my heart. I will never forget how God's presence truly overflowed. I'll never forget how the people gave their everything when they had nothing. I'll never forget the countless miracles I've seen and the many people that were filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. I've made strong bonds and many memories with the people of Mexico, but also people who also went on this trip. I think this trip allowed us to all grow closer together. And one of the nights when we were in Mexico, we all gathered in Brother Kento and Sister Bianca's hotel room and we were just kind of having a devotional prayer session. And everyone was just sharing how this trip has impacted them and how they're leaving back with the purpose you know, I think a lot of times we feel that we don't have the confidence, or we don't feel qualified to like be able to have these special um, abilities, whether that be discernment or tongue interpretations. But we have the ability. You just have to believe in it, and you need to have faith that God can work through you to help people. So, I encourage everyone to go on a mission trip if they can, because I can say truly, like everyone else says. It will change your life. And I was going to end it like that, but at the first service, I felt like I needed to say something else, and I also feel the need to say it now. Um, but we have no excuses. The people in Mexico had nothing, yet they gave everything. We need to worship, prevail through, disciple to others no matter what, because we have no excuses. We have the ability.
3: jesus name uh, for those who don't know me my name is kento mori i am the next gen pastor here at first church and i am so honored um, to be here with you today uh, there are so so many stories of our trip last week to mexico um, but before i go into anything like that i, I want to start by kind of expressing why we do missions trips when Bianca and I first became youth pastors, we, we made a decision that international missions was going to be something that we're all about. We really felt like that there is nothing in existence that we currently know of. There's no event, there's no conference, there's nothing like that as powerful and as potent as a mission strip that can change a young person's life, that can change their perception and perspective of what God can do through them. And so from the get-go, we made a decision that we want to make sure that every young person and every young adult has an opportunity to join a mission strip um, if they want to. And, and that's why we do what we do. But as they were saying in, in Mexico, we've had so many incredible, incredible moments and, and testimonies um, On the very first Sunday that we were there, uh, like Brother Duane was saying, initially we were supposed to have two services. We had a group of 16, 17 people. We were supposed to run two services that Sunday. Then it got changed. Now we're doing six. I said, okay. Then it changed again. They added another one, seven, okay. Then they added an eighth one. But by the end of the day, we actually ended up doing nine services. Nine services on Sunday. It was incredible. And every single one was a blowout. Every single one was incredible. Um, And and God moved. But I can say that every single time I go on one of these missions trips, my life and my perception of God changes drastically. And this last one is absolutely no different. I truly believe from the bottom of my heart that my ministry has changed, as has the young people's. My ministry has changed in Mexico. Uh, Multiple times when I was in my hotel room in Mexico, I had to repent, legitimately repent to God. I say, God, I, I need you to forgive me because of what I've done to the gospel. Up until Mexico, for some reason, I had this mentality that the things of God, the things that we talk about, is more complex than what they actually are. I used to think that it takes a special level of faith or a special prayer or something like that for these things that we talk about to actually initiate but I want to read a verse, it's in 2 Corinthians, and it says, 2 Corinthians 11 and 3, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, your minds should be corrupted from, sim- from the simplicity that is in Christ. You see, the Bible relates us taking what is so simple in Jesus and making it complex, he takes that and relates it to the serpent deceiving Eve. Man, if there's anybody in this room that was like me who who thought these things and these miracles and signs and wonders were anything but simple, you need to repent because you have been deceived as Eve was. These things that happened are simple. It takes simple faith, and we've seen it in Mexico. They already talked about it, but that that man that we met in the park, it was a special moment for every single one of us because we were able to witness exactly what God can do through us. You see, we weren't even supposed to be there that day. We We just prayed in front of the president's house and we were supposed to be getting food and ice cream. But the translator's like, hey, I want to show you guys this Mayan ruin uh, right next door. So we walked over to these ruins and we're looking at these ruins and he's explaining how tens of thousands of people were sacrificed right here. But then right next to the ruins built right next to it was a Catholic church where millions of people have, been, have, have died and suffered through the, through the Catholic church. And, and we're sitting right in the middle on a bench and somebody just whips out a guitar and the group we begin to worship in that, in that square And people slowly begin to gather and just listen to us. And it was an incredible moment because people would reach out and say, hey, can we pray for you? Can we pray for you? And that man was standing there. He was one of the first ones just standing there listening. And we prayed for him because he said he felt far from God. And you could tell that God moved on him. But, But he still stood there with a cane. So we asked him again, hey, what happened to your legs? And he said, it's not my legs. It's my entire body from my shoulders down. About 13 years ago, or 18 years ago, I had 13 surgeries on my body from a car accident, and I haven't been the same since. They were supposed to amputate my leg, and I I haven't been the same. And we asked if we can pray for him, and he said yes. You see, I think that faith, you can actually see faith in someone's eyes. You can actually look at them in the eyes and tell if they believe that God will change them today. And, And we began to pray for him, and we told him, hey, When you feel God move on you, you need to start to move your body in a way you've never moved before, in a way that was too painful. And they're going to play a video. Do you guys have it? They're going to play a video behind me uh, of what happened. He began to move his body, and he began to dance, and and you could see him kick his cane away. He just began to worship God. It was beautiful. It beautiful. And we talked to him afterwards, and he told us that before his accident, he used to be a, a dancer, a cultural dancer for the sun god of the Mayans. He used to put on the garb, and he used to dance for the sun god. But now he's dancing for Jesus, and it's this beautiful, beautiful moment. And he told us, he said, hey, I'm not even supposed to be here today. I was supposed to take the bus to my house, but I missed my stop, so I just got off. But when I got off, I heard angels. And he said, said, I started to follow the voices of these angels, and I found you guys, and my life is never going to be the same from this moment forward. In Mexico, at every single service, we talked about three simple things. We said, hey, you need to repent of your sins. Turn away from them. Give them to God, and he'll forgive you. You need to be filled with the Spirit of God, and he'll show you with evidence of new tongues. And you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. And every single service, there was powerful, powerful moves. In our 10 days, but in reality, it was about four or five days of actual services, we we had 52 people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the very first time. The very first time. We've had seven people baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of their sins and we personally witnessed 11 confirmed miracles 11 confirmed miracles we had people dropping canes we had interpreters holding up holding up crutches we had people who had pain all through their body there was a lady at one of the services she she told us she had pain throughout her body but we said hey when you feel God start to move next thing you know she's in the front row literally doing up downs and burpees it was incredible Incredible! We had a boy healed of epilepsy in the moment, just boom, healed, just like that. These things, we cannot deny what we've seen. We have witnessed and seen the hand of God moving on people. And it is an absolute shame. It's an absolute shame if you allow these things of God to become more complex than what they actually are. It takes such a simple level of faith to believe that when I come up, God, you're going to heal me of everything that I need in my life. It doesn't take a complex level of prayer. It's nothing it's nothing complex. God said believe on the simplicity of Christ. In Jesus' name. And so everybody in this room, you need to repent of your sins. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of those sins. And you need to be filled with the spirit of God for the salvation of your soul. And so if everybody would stand in this room and just come to the front. And if the people who went on the trip, you can just come up right here as well. We're going to pray for the people of the church I truly believe, I'm telling you, my my life and my faith has completely shifted. I believe every single person that's going to walk up in faith. I believe it with everything inside of me that God will change your life today there is a level of faith that says, God, I'm not saying you can heal me tomorrow. I believe you can heal me right now. That is the level of faith that God is looking for. Somebody that says, if you believe it, I can do it. And it takes a now level of faith. And so I'm gonna say exactly what we did in Mexico. It's very simple. By the authority of the word of God, and by the power of the name of Jesus, you shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. And by the authority of the word of God, and by the name of Jesus and the power that comes with it, you shall be healed, hallelujah. Now begin to worship God with everything inside of you. If you got pain in your body, it's time to shake them off like chains to the ground, because God will shift something inside of your